Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. My name is Adam. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have a lot of news to cover this week. Gamescom happened this weekend, so a lot of cool stuff happened. Once again, my name is Adam, and here are the news topics for this week. Tons of news on Triforce Heroes, including new artwork, costumes, and gameplay footage were released this past week. Uh, Ganondorf and several other amiibo are finally hitting store shelves, quote-unquote, on the 11th of September this year. A Nintendo executive claims that Nintendo prefers listening to fans over industry trends. A new article on Konami gave us an inside look at the intense working conditions of the company. A fan-made mod for GTA V turns the beloved sandbox game into a full-fledged RPG. And speaking of RPGs, Dungeons & Dragons is finally getting a big-budget movie Warner Bros. has finally announced with partner Hasbro. Also, we learned a ton from Gamescom this weekend, including news about Platinum Games Scalebound, Microsoft's Windows 10, and a bigger look at the Halo franchise, as well as news about Fallout 4 and Final Fantasy 15. We also got a cool review of uh, uh, Retro Re Rewind, uh, which finally got released in the Xbox. So all that, a bunch more, some cool things that I found on the internet this week. Thank you so much for joining us. But for those people on the cast, this week I'm joined by... Hey, it's Jeff. Uh, when Adam said Retro Rewind, he meant Rare Replay. Rare it's Replay. Really cool. Sorry. Yeah, it's super awesome. I'm so, it's a weird, Big middle weird finger week. to Rare, and it's 30 You know what's interesting? You know what's interesting? That what's interesting? Because of that game, there's more... Okay, there's more native games, I think, on the Xbox One than there are on the Wii U. For the from the N sixty four, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, you might you you might be right. That'd yeah, be, that'd be an interesting thing to check. I think that's that's pretty much what I, people are talking about. It's because that's the weird thing that's coming out of this is that Microsoft is being Nintendo at appreciating its own N sixty four era. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, next. Hey everyone, it's Sarah. I took a break from my strenuous Farmville life to come join you. Zelda's kind of like a farm. <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't need an explanation for that one. It just just is. Just is. And last but and last but not least, hey everyone, the editor in chief is in the house. You can just call me Nate. How's it going? Pleasure to have you with us, Nate. Uh, what have you guys been uh, playing recently? It's been a while. Oh, by the way, before we start, uh, I want to thank everyone who sent in fan topics uh, these past coming weeks. And I want to thank uh, Brandon and company for that opening theme song. As always, the closing theme for this week, as usual, is uh, Hero of Time Remix by Jish. I noticed the one week where I forgot to mention that it was Hero of Time Remix by Jish. Someone actually asked in the comments below. So I apologize about that. My bad. Uh, you can find uh, his and a bunch of our Twitters down below if you want to follow us on social media. Uh, all the articles that we're going to be talking about this week, anything we mention, should be down below. Uh, and if you have any of your own topics, theme songs, submissions, or anything like that, send that to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. All right. So, yeah. What have you guys been playing this week? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Dirty Bomb. I've heard a lot of good things about that game. Like, I heard a, a really big Counter-Strike uh, player has been, like, advocating for that game. He said he switched over it from Counter-Strike. To me, I have no idea what that game is. Yeah, so. I've never heard of it. I'm like, Dirty Bomb? Is that, <laughs> is that something bomb. sexual? Uh, someone got me into it, and I'm, weird. I'm someone who didn't really get Sarah, into Sarah, can you explain what it is? Yes, I'm trying to right now. So I didn't, oh, okay. really, I didn't really get into Counter-Strike. Uh, it was not my cup of tea. But to me, it's like 
Counter-Strike and Team Fortress uh, had like a one-night stand, and then Team Fortress got pregnant, and then Counter-Strike was like, well, I'm, I'm pro-life, so you can't abort it, and then they had this baby, and it's called Dirty Bomb. And <laughs> the... It's a lot of backstory. Yeah, there's a lot of backstory. So uh, Dirty Bomb is a first-person shooter, uh, team-based, where you play a mercenary that goes into the underground wastelands of London in a post-apocalyptic world, and you're either attacking, which means you're completing objectives, or defending, which means you're bringing on the pain of the people who are trying to complete objectives. Okay. And cool. Very cool. It's a lot of fun. I mean, the mercs, uh, they're, they're very, uh, like, they range. You've got um, the combat medic, you've got your sniper, you've got, you know, your, your war tank, your rhino. Like, they're all uh, really fun to play. And uh, there's there's something for everyone. So if you're more of a sniper, there's a sniper class. If you're more of a backstabby kind of person, there's a, a phantom. Uh, what you what you said about sniper that kind of reminded me because uh, Splatoon recently added a machine gun to its <laughs> weapon arsenal, and to me, I was excited not because of the machine gun itself, but because of what it did to another weapon uh, unintentionally, which is to make the sniper rifle an invaluable weapon to have on your team. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. So for uh, those snipers you, please... are actually, I mean, snipers were already pretty popular. But, but the thing is that they mode. didn't have something that they needed to counter. Like now you need a sniper to take out the machine gunner. I mean, there there are some pretty fast ones. There's the aerospray rigs. Those are some of my favorites and are really really good in uh in regular in the regular mode um uh turf wars and they're pretty good in ranked battle. I prefer okay. like a splatter shot, but they shoot very very quickly like a wide spray. Right. I'm not too familiar with how the the I think it's called the splatling gun uh, differs <laughs> from that. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's really intense, is what I've heard. It's just it it covers a really l large area. It's very powerful. Um, so they say that you need to you need to take it out from a distance, or else it's gonna it's gonna wipe out your team. Yeah, um, I'm giving yeah. that a shot. I was talking to a guy named Pacecat. Uh, he's a streamer, friend of mine. Um, and he was saying, he was advocating about how he thought it was really good that they were adding things to the meta, or adding things that expanded the meta in really complex ways. So, kudos to you, Splatoon, for continuing to add cool content. Speaking of which, uh, the Smash Bros. content is finally released. Uh, no, Adam, I don't want to go this direction. It just, <laughs> oh, makes me, just makes me anxious and it's sad. Did you not get it? Did <laughs> you get the, uh, the new stages? No, um... I'm probably going to pick up Hyrule, Hyrule Castle because I have to. Oh my god! But I mean, that's stage I don't, man. I don't think I can. I don't think I can go for anything else in there. I mean, Peach. Okay, I get it. Peach's Peach Castle is also pretty cool. But nah. I didn't even get green. I didn't even get green greens. You I didn't mean, get I'm green not, greens. Well, I like green greens, but it's good. It, it just it's a good stage. No, it, it's a great stage, but it just Jerry, comes you gotta down. get green greens. <laughs> it just comes down to the price of the DLC, and I'm just right. not into it. Like, characters, they're expensive, but they're characters, and my fanboy just is right. willing to is willing to spend the money. Right, right. Um, when it comes to stages, yeah. It's interesting. I got Hyrule Castle because I had, like, I had a couple bucks left on my Nintendo account for some reason. Just, like, $4. It was really weird. Um, so, I got it. And, because it's like, it's, like, two bucks, you know? Like, if, even if, like... Even if someone was like, "Oh, I want to play it," but you know, I we I, I wouldn't mind just buying the the thing. It's it's not that much. Um, it's actually a pretty cool stage. I forgot about the tornado from the N sixty four, 
So, Adam, how dare you? It's... Hmm. I don't know how I forgot, because that thing is a monster. Because <laughs> you the coolest part of the stage, man. It's like a Little Mac punch just constantly moving around the stage. Because <laughs> it just, like, throws you up into infinity. Actually, it's more like a Mega Man up thing, whirlwind. I forget what it's called. You know, that's, uh, that's probably... That might be part of the reason why I, I'm not a, or not super anxious to get on the new stages. Because they're too killy? They're too killy. But I... I usually play with stage hazards off. Uh, so right. I don't, I mean, I remember when I was younger, I really used to enjoy all the different things that stages would do, but so often as of late, I've been playing without the stage hazards on. Maybe I'll have to put them back on and just sort of, I don't know, enjoy the stages for, you know, actually being stages. I really want a mod that, or a, a patch that allows a, a non stage hazard mode so that I can appreciate the actual design of the stage without worrying about the, uh, the obstacles. Yeah, 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 that'd be cool. Uh, Nate, what have you been playing recently? Oh boy. Um, well, as I told you guys before we started recording, uh, not a whole lot lately. <laughs> I sold okay. all my video games in the last month. Uh, oh geez. Yeah. Well, you know, when you move into a new house, there's other things more important than video games. Right, right. Um, but, uh, I actually played, uh, The Witcher 3 last week. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I actually like the Witcher 3. It's one of the few video games I still own because I have it digitally. Um, but no, I, I really enjoy the game. Uh, I'm playing it really, really slow and questing slow and just enjoying enjoying it more than I do a lot of games. Most games I kind of rush through because I really like the story and I want to see how it all ends. And I'm impatient and I don't want to read it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. The, the Witcher 3 just... I don't know if it's as good as The Witcher 2, but it, I don't know. I, it's good enough that I'm still playing Wait, you playing thought The months. Witcher 2 was good? I thought The Witcher 2 was all right. I, I uh, don't know. how. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know how much you despise The Witcher. So. God, I hate The Witcher 2. The, the, your mm. reaction the moment I mentioned Witcher 3 was all I needed to know about that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot yeah. that you don't like that game, but that's, that's uh, or that series. But that's what Adam I'm doesn't playing. like a video game. Ugh. Since when? <laughs> right. No, but that's um. what I've been playing. Um, and I played... Oh, man. What did I play the other day? Oh, the Wind Waker HD, because I have that digital. Okay. Um, but I've beaten that so many times now that... I don't want to say it's less entertaining. It's just not as... Not as entertaining, I guess. I don't know another way to put it, as it used to be. Right. Right. What about you, Jeff? Uh, not much. I moved out of my old place and I'm kind of in transition between, you know, moving out out because my semester's ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm staying with a friend. So I don't really, I don't have my Wii U with me. I do have my 3DS with me, but I haven't even been playing that because end of the semester is busy. Uh, but right. before I moved out, I was playing Kingdom Hearts still, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 Final Remix, like I was telling you guys, uh, last time I was here. Uh, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's a great game. I had gotten up to the very end of it before I stopped playing, and I felt okay. pretty good about that because I was playing on like critical mode, and it always feels good to get to the end of it. It feels good to make yourself cry. It feels good to just lose on a boss over and over because one hit will kill you. It's great. Hearing it's really that great. that that what, like that blaring siren when you get way oh too close gosh. to low it's health. So, it's so annoying. Some, somehow it's worse than the one in Zelda. I mean, 
If you if you're oh, asking it's the which worst. one I prefer, it's probably the Zelda one. I don't know why, but they made it. It's still very annoying, but it's slightly more pleasant. It's because Somehow. in Zelda you don't hear it as much, honestly. In comparison to the Kingdom Hearts, like every time you get hit in Kingdom Hearts, it's like it's like well, stop. That's yeah, I think you're right. Especially when you're playing on critical mode, it literally takes a hit or two from almost any enemy in the game, especially towards the end where you're fighting a bunch of bosses. It just happens so quickly. And it's it's actually kind of a good motivating factor because it makes me want to uh, get my health back. So right. I end up using Cure, Kiraga, a potion or whatever very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently playing a game called Fibbage. Uh, it's like Cabbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a uh, school party game uh, where basically they introduce like a fact, but they leave like a, a blank in it. Like uh, in in 1890s, there was a U.S. patent filed for a mustache blank, and everybody has to enter a fake like answer for it. Um, and you get points based on who believed your lie and if you got the right answer. So, like, you put like a mustache groomer or a mustache comb, what? And people click on that and they get, lose points, but you knew the right answer was mustache guard because that's what it actually was, and you get points. So it's it's a fun game to play and mess with your friends. You can play with up to eight people, which makes it really hard to tell what's real and what's not. Um, but yeah, that's a, this is a fun game that I played. Uh, you can play it. Only one person needs to get it. Everyone else can play it with their smartphone. So it's cool if you want to host. And with uh, Windows 10 now, you can do it over Skype and stuff with the uh, streaming, which, by the way, Windows 10, a lot of people have been saying really good things about. So if you're, th- if you're thinking about getting it, uh, I th- I think it's a good idea. It's, I think it's worth the the jump if you don't need certain like programs or things like that that aren't yet available on Windows 10. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, Microsoft Microsoft yeah. Edge surprised me. That was probably. Uh, oh, did you try the, it out? The big yeah, I gave it a try because Chrome wasn't keeping up, and I don't know if that's a result of switching to tech because uh, that's been happening more more and more often to me. So I'm I have to get this suspicious. problem. I have this really weird problem on my MacBook where. Every like couple of hours, Chrome will just crash completely. No warning, no qu- no like message or anything. It'll just like completely shut down. And it's That's strange. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had no problems with Chrome until uh, I was using the Windows 10 preview, um, and it was very obvious in the preview that they did not want you using Chrome. They wanted you using um, it was called Spartan at the time, and uh, which is a cooler name. It's way cooler name, and I liked <laughs> it because it had a different symbol. So like. Microsoft Edge looks like Internet Explorer in the symbol. I don't like that. I like the name Microsoft Edge. <laughs> yes, um, I just don't like but, the logo. But it's, I don't know. It, the logo's okay. really dumb. Well, it's, yeah. it's Internet Explorer without, it, it's missing some of the E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what makes it weird. I thought they wanted to separate from the Internet Explorer brand. Um, yeah, you think, so but the then. Edge. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, I, I, I like it a lot more than uh, all the Internet Explorer stuff. Um because I used it a lot when it was Spartan. Um, my Chrome issues went away when they had the retail release of Windows 10, and I upgraded mm-hmm. to that. Uh, so I don't know what they did, but Chrome has been fine for me ever since. But no, the uh, that Microsoft Edge, I, I was really surprised. Um, it does load certain things faster than Chrome, and that, that kind of shocked me. I don't know if I trusted enough to use it as my main browser yet, but... Um, it it piqued my interest. Yeah, same here. Same here. And Windows 10 in general is just awesome. My computer runs way faster than it did um, 
when I was running Windows 8. So. And the good thing is, is that they made it so easy to transfer back and forth. Like if you if you try Windows 10, and you don't like it. They made it super easy, and they they put in like a, a thing to let you transition back to Windows 7. Downgrading is super easy now. Uh, it's super safe. It's it's worth a try if you're willing to it, it spend takes the time you back on to it. Seven. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll downgrade you back to seven. Yeah, you can deversion. Oh wow. Yeah, it's actually I think it's one of it's company first, uh, and it's yeah, free. It so is. like, there's no loss for you. It. It's it's a, a very very comfortable situation for consumers. I think it's very smart of Microsoft to do it, especially when they're trying to push a new uh, operating system on people. Um, it's even smarter when you consider that, uh, unlike all other operating systems, this is supposed to be the last version of Windows. Um, mainline version so it's like they're just trying to get as many people using it as they can now they don't want it to be like a windows 8 or like a vista where yeah you have some people who use it but no one really accepts it and everyone's still on the prior version Um, right you want to make this something that people are willing to jump onto they want to make this you want to make this popular yeah and you want to make it the definitive version of everything they've ever done well, that's right. interesting. Uh, I was watching the Gamescom conference because I was helping Gamnesia report on it, and um, for for Microsoft, that is. And it was very interesting because huge, huge emphasis on Windows 10 and Xbox One compatibility. Um, and then there's some good stuff in there. I was I, I I like some of it. I mean, I don't have an Xbox One, but I appreciate the features that they're going for with that. I think it's great. I think. I mean, I'm not usually one to, like, play favorites, but I think Microsoft has been making all the right moves lately. Other than making Solitaire a premium membership thing, what's going on there, Microsoft? You, you had me. You almost had me. But you, you dropped the ball. You dropped the ball. Solitaire should be, like, that free thing because everyone plays it at work. Yeah. How am I supposed to avoid doing articles for Nate if I can't play Solitaire? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that explains where you've been. Uh oh, that's the go-to. Gotta go, guys. Um, speaking of speaking of listening to people, listening to your fans. Uh, did you guys see that recent article about a, the Nintendo v- VP of Sales saying that uh, Nintendo prefers to listen to fans over following uh, industry trends? Yeah, I copy edited that article. Cause I, you didn't? No, oh, okay. Oh well, if you're talking about the one that they published on Gamnesia, then yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's Josephine. She's one of my junior editors. I looked at that and I was like, "Really? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, like you don't believe it? I don't. I, I don't think it's wrong in totally. I think that yes, Nintendo definitely follows people's opinions more than trends, but I think they don't really follow people's opinions as much as they do what they want to do. So I it's kind. It's it's totally kind of like. Agree. What? I totally agree. It's what? it's a weird it was like it's a weird sort of comparison. It's like, do you eat uh, apples or carrots more? And it's like I'm allergic to both, so I don't really eat either. You know, <laughs> it's not really a good comparison. It's not really a good definer of what you like and what you don't, or what you like I to mean, do. I mean, I think it's I think I think my immediate cynical response is to say, okay, there's still damage controlling from E3. Because the big reaction from E3 was like, are you even paying attention to your fan base, Nintendo? You didn't fix yeah. the Amiibo problem. We got Triforce Heroes instead of uh, Zelda New- News. Zelda U News. Triforce yeah, it's been, it's, been out, a, so. it's been a hard time for them as a company. I think, like, recently, it's been a lot of stress at Nintendo. But I mean, uh, but I mean it's, it's kind of balancing out. I mean, 
Splatoon is right. phenomenal success. Everybody really loves it. There's so much positivity around it. And now that the big update is out, right. uh, people have a lot less to complain about in terms of content limitations. Right. And then even, like, probably the most weird thing from the past week is uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer released in Japan, and it just destroyed the sales charts. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, yeah. it sold over half a million, Did you and hear... it doubled... Uh, the sales of the 3ds XL in Japan. In oh wow! Um, yeah. Did you hear about? Uh, because Nintendo keep wa- keeps wanting to make the the Amiibo situation worse somehow. Um, it's kind of magical, actually. Uh, I, I I can I push for them to keep going, and see how how monstrous they can make this 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 toy brand idea. No man, it's magic. It's, it's kind of it's magic. kind of amazing. I think it's kind of like something to appreciate at this point. Like I've stopped hating it, and I've started to just think it's amazing. Um, there, you know those cards that they made of Amiibo to try and make you know the whole process a lot easier. You know, the, cards the are easier to produce. Ones. What? The Animal Crossing ones. Yeah. Guess what? They're gonna have variations. Yeah. Uh, isn't there? I, I believe not only because you know we. What? Oh, I I believe there's about four hundred of them. Yeah, I think that was the number. And yeah. you get cards in a six pack. Random six one packs. Ra- a random six pack with one special rare card. So, I mean, in the, in Japan, some, someone pointed out that in Japan they come in three packs and you get one special card. And someone was like, wow, that's so great in America. You get six cards per pack. And then someone pointed out, well, no, that means for every six cards you get in America, you only get one special card. So they're really getting more special cards yeah. per pack. Yeah. But it's, pro- and it's probably priced cheaper as a result. It's probably, uh, it's probably evened out in terms of price. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's super ridiculous. Yeah, it's, well, it's I, I kind of funny because that. now they made a because like the card idea. I'm sorry, Nate. I I promise I won't I won't interrupt you again. Um, <laughs> I just will. I I want to throw this one thing there out there. Um, I just think it's kind of ridiculous because the idea of the cards was to make it easier for people to get these things without having to worry about you know shortages. But now with the variations, now there's going to be a bunch of people buying more packs than they were before, <laughs> even though they weren't going to buy hundreds of packs because they're going to try to get all 400 cards. And so now they've only, they made the situation a lot worse. Um, but yeah, Nate, you were going to say. Yeah. Uh, so for, when I first saw that news about uh, Nintendo listens to their fans, um, I, I thought it was sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just because of what they did at E3, uh, but even like Splatoon, that's this big success story. That was a result of them not listening to fans. Um, that was them doing what they want to do. And... You know, you could argue maybe it's them making new IP, but they did that with Codename Steam as well, and that didn't that didn't really do anything. So right, it's 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 definitely a hit or miss when you're making yeah, new IPs. Exactly, because, exactly. And, you know, and I'd argue Nintendo's been making new IPs anyways. Um, oh yeah, no, they hasn't been IPs. They that they, we they haven't been watch. making headlines because you know they're not either not good or not popular. Yeah, or they're just like we fit or something like that. Yeah, it's it's very casual stuff that people just kind of overlook. Yeah. So when, when I'm reading the news and I, you know, I'm like, I understand that, you know, in some regards they do listen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think the producer right. of the Zelda then, series listens a little bit. Miyamoto right. listens a little bit. But but it's always like they listen and look for, I think, what they want to hear rather than what the overall um, desire they of want re- They want to reconfirm their, their beliefs rather than look to see yeah. what people are saying in contrast. Yeah. It, Which you is... know, like the Wii U itself, like the fact that they thought a gamepad was like this great idea and was going to sell because of tablets. It, it was kind of, 
are you listening to your fan base? It's almost the opposite of what, well, what their fan I, base wants. I, okay. Um, I really, I do enjoy the gamepad. I know there's a lot of negative. Oh, I love the gamepad. No, um, but I think uh, what the part that I agree with most is that they have been ignoring people when it comes to the Wii U, just because like at the beginning they were like, they announced it, no one understood it. And Nintendo was like, no, it's great. It's great. Let's keep going. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's going to be just like the Wii, just like the Wii, just like the Wii. And that's what everybody heard. Yeah, it was it yeah. was really weird because it's almost like Nintendo t- took that Wii reaction and thought, well, it'll it'll be the same for with Wii U, and like, no, everybody got the Wii. Like, okay, you showed it off with Wii Sports, and people, it was a tennis racket in your hand, it was a golf club in your hand, it was a bowling ball in your hand. Like, it made sense. And the Wii U, like, we have this gamepad. We're not showing anything you can do with this gamepad that matters, but mm-hmm. it's a gamepad and. There's a console somewhere in the background that's like four pixels wide. But right. We're not going to, you know, if you think about the Wii reveal, um, and ironically, this came up after uh, the sad passing of the Nintendo's president. Um, I was watching some tribute videos, and, you know, one of the videos was him unveiling the Wii. And that was unveiled with the console pulling it out of his coat pocket. You know, the, yeah, the Wii mode is great and everything, and probably the big selling point, but. It was advertised first as a console, second right. as here's this cool control method, and they went the complete opposite with the Wii U, and it's it's like they misunderstood the success of the Wii. The, and the, and the, and the thing that kind of bit them on that one is that because they introduced the controller first, people thought it was an add-on. Oh, totally. They focused it, on the controller. It wasn't too just much. it just that they did it first. It was every piece of marketing. It was the gamepad, the gamepad. You look at the box for the Wii U. It's the giant gamepad in front, console on the back. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just really weird marketing, and when you look at Nintendo listening to their fans, it, it's I, I guess we'll see with the NX. That's kind of the big hardware. You know, I think have, people have that have listening. given I think people that have given the Wii U a chance really like the gamepad, yes. and people that don't yeah. know it, they just don't they just don't know how to feel on it. Yeah, and, and you know I understand some concerns. But it, right. There are people that uh, a couple <clears> friends I had that tried holding the gamepad, and it was just too big for their hands. Um. And I get that. I have big hands, so it's great for me. Right. Um, I love the gamepad. Yeah, for but, me, for me, I have like kind of medium-sized hands. It's very comfortable. I find it incredibly yes. comfortable. It, and the screen being so close, it feels like my reaction time is a lot better. I actually do prefer to play Smash on it sometimes because I feel like I do play better. Yeah. Uh, than totally. even I do on some controllers. Yep. Just because like there's no dis like especially in a big room when there's a TV's far away because they put like 300 feet between you and the TV and it's like what's going on in this room. It's like a weirdly long living room, and you're just like, this is how you play games. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I was thinking about Nintendo's attitude about listening to fans, and, and I started wondering if Amiibo is what they feel like is... Because uh, Amiibo was a huge success. I think they recently announced they've sold almost 15 million of them in their financial report. Um, uh, also, to add to that, um, this was something that almost went under my radar, but in their CSSR report, um, Company Something Standards report, um, they there's something in there about a big focus on Amiibo going forward, mm-hmm. and right. which is totally unsurprising, uh, totally. Uh, but I, I it, it's scary. It's scary. Right. I don't want more chibi robos as adorable as uh, they are. <laughs> I uh, I want to just make a quick point, uh, and I'm gonna kind of lead in something else with this. Wait, uh, I want to say one more thing on the on the fan response too. Sure, sure. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to kind of still get through Amiibo, but yeah, that's fine. Go for it. 
Uh, I was just going to say, um, it's very interesting because one of the things that Nintendo put out, I think some odd months ago, was the idea that they don't do traditional advertising and they say, or they, they try to save money on advertising, something like that. Like they don't believe in regular advertising. However, Splatoon was super heavily advertised. They had big events. They had a truck going through the United States all summer. They have a truck going through somewhere right now. I, I think it's France, but I'm not sure. And <laughs> it's it's unmarked. It has nothing on it or in it. It's just a truck, it's and it somehow truck. is helping sales. I don't know how. It just is. It has a sign exactly. for free candy in the window. <laughs> yeah, just, candy. Exactly. there is no candy in children. the truck, and there's nothing in the truck. So like people just like walk in and then walk out and are just confused. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's a but, weird. But, but then they go by Splatoon, and we're left wondering how how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I, we don't know. It just works. It just works. Yeah. But I mean, Splatoon already has a fifteen percent attach rate, at least, and that's in that's insane. What do you mean by attach you, rate? Uh, attach rate is how uh, what percentage of people who own the console also own the game. Assumedly speaking, there's some assumptions in there, like maybe you bought two consoles, maybe one broke. Maybe Splatoon broke. Maybe you bought five Splatoon so nobody else could have it from your store. There's various reasons. Know. Like, yeah, there's, there's like ups yeah. and downs. But there's also people like, you know, maybe someone bought one and they just kind of share it between the two of them because neither of them play games enough that it's like a big deal. Exactly. But uh, basically 1.5 million copies of Splatoon have been sold or about that. And the Wii U passed 10 million sales. So approximately speaking, 14, 15% of okay. Wii U owners have Splatoon, which is, again, crazy right. for an IP. Um, and again, Nintendo advertised the heck out of it, despite the fact that they say they don't want to advertise these things. Yeah, that's what, right. that's what really what was weird about Splatoon, is they put all this effort in advertising after talking about how that advertising doesn't work anymore. Oh, it was absurd. It was, like, it was but, but it's absurd. clearly working. No, it worked, yeah, definitely, because it shoved so it down like, our throats. What's your excuse to not do this for all of your other games that you I, mean, I think it's because it was I, oh, it was probably because it was so expensive to advertise that much. Like doing the amount of advertising they did for Splatoon was yeah. insane. The, the, the only it thing was, I could think of is that it was Splatoon. the Wii all over again. Oh, but yeah. the Wii at least was a console. Like you want to make sure people get that in their homes. Yeah. You want to give them something they could play on. Yeah, Splatoon got a little bit more attention than it deserved because the game was so solid that they just needed. If they had done half the amount of marketing, I still think Splatoon would be a huge success. It might have taken a little bit longer, but it would have still been a huge success. And I think they just wanted that big impact success, so they kind of invested a bunch of money in something they felt like could be a big new IP for them. Uh, had a lot of potential, probably did really well in focus groups. Um, so that's that's kind of like my opinion on the whole like advertising. But I think I think one of the or probably what Nintendo's thinking, and they might have even said this in that in uh, whatever they the quote that I I'm remembering from a few months back. Um, Nintendo's IPs are so well known that they kind of some of them kind of sell themselves. Like if a new Pokemon game is coming out, everybody's gonna know if there's a new Pokemon game coming out, and they're gonna be really. They just need to market it to some. Like they just need to do a tiny bit of marketing so some people see it, and it'll spread. Word will spread very quickly. Yeah, but with Uh, Splatoon, I think it was the parent. Like it was they wanted to uh, uh, capture lightning in a bottle just because they knew right. that everybody was really excited from what they saw. There was all this excitement about, hey, it's a shooter for kids. And, like, it was just, like, perfectly aligned where people were reporting. And they knew that. that if parents saw it, parents would buy it, regardless of what the kids thought. The parents would buy it. And that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to grab parents because parents would like it because it's very – it's not violent. It's just – I mean, it, it's like a, it's a shooter, but it's not violent. And that's what parents want. 
Paintball um, the video game. Pretty much. <laughs> Paintball the video game. Uh, but I wanted to mention, because um, we were talking about Amiibo earlier, um, the Ganondorf Amiibo. I've seen pictures. I've seen yes. a little bit more information on it. It looks fantastic. We have staff members that own it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic looking. I really I want one. Staff members. Jeff, give it to me. Um, <laughs> no, I I didn't say I have it. I said I, I know, but staff. give it to me. Oh. Get, you oh, get one and me. you give it to me. Oh well, <laughs> maybe. Um, I am I am planning on going this Saturday um, to to GameStop and pre-ordering uh, the retro three pack that they're selling because right, Nintendo right. is a is, is sneaky and they understand. I was thinking about it and I was like. This retro three pack is genius. The chances that someone really wants Rob, Duck Hunt, and Game and Watch are pretty low, but the chances that they want one of those really badly is pretty high. So they just mashed them all together, called it retro, and ah, it's just gonna. It's, it's a it's a way to sell thrice the amount of amiibo in in a thirty amount of time. Marketing, um, it's, yay. It's um, yeah, but Ganondorf looks but, great. Ganondorf. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention because Ganondorf, like, that's the only thing about Zelda really that I'm gonna be mentioning in particular this week, and not because I don't care about the artwork, I don't care about the the let's play things, uh, because a, uh, we did our own let's plays of Zelda of the Triforce Heroes demo at E3. Go watch those on YouTube. Link will be down below. Um, I'm in them. Jeff's in them. Uh, Zion's in them. Rodney's in them. Lovable people. Uh, so fooey on whatever else they have over there. Uh, you should watch that video anyway. It's, it's it's probably interesting. They're probably funnier. But anyway, um, the artwork. See for yourself. See the costumes for yourself. I want you guys to get your own opinions. Digest and in the comments below, I would love to hear your opinions on what you think of the new costumes, the new artwork, uh, the new uh, what you think it means, where you think it's going, any ideas for new costumes that you may have, things that you may want to see with new costumes. Triforce Heroes. I think it'd be a fun little thing. You can do in the comments below. I'm really um, hoping to see what. I really love to see what some people think those costumes that are like on the uh, costume the rack, rack that we, yeah. yeah, the ones or the heels on barely the see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the heels on the uh, on top of uh, the the thing on the on the left side on the of the left picture, side, yep. and I was like, is that just a thing, or is are we going heels? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Because um, he's not wearing them in the Zelda dress. So. Yay, shoe customization. But there's uh, two more things that I really wanted to talk about this week. Uh, both of them kind of straying a little bit away from Nintendo. Uh, no, uh, not that like news wise. Um, yeah, I want to talk more about because uh, I've been looking at the companies and you know Microsoft is on a definite high note right now, uh, recovering and doing really well, much more popular fans. Uh, Nintendo is recovering. They've had a lot of they've had a lot of really tragic things happen lately, um, and a lot of people misunderstanding what they meant with like games and their E3 and you know, the tragedy of Mr. Iwata passing. Um, but they're, they're, they're fighting on and they're really, you know, they're, they're really making the best of the situation. Uh, it's, oh, no. it's... I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for, um, I'm still waiting for the next Nintendo direct because um, I don't know, in, in some ways I feel like it's not back to normal. It's hard. Nintendo direct. Yeah. I'm, it, I'm sure it's hard it's not, for them to do that. It, it's also weird. Cause um since he passed until gamescom uh we really haven't heard much from nintendo outside of like this is well, his funeral they, and i understand were, that they've been busy um, they've been very busy because it's so, like so it's, it's a lot of like, internal meetings it's i i 
I'm waiting to get back to normal. And whether that normal means Nintendo Directs, right. or whether that normal just means they finally release some press releases again right. for games. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's just I'm I'm waiting for normalcy to return. Um, right. I don't think I don't think it's there yet. But no, no, not at all. But I think it's definitely like I I definitely uh, applaud them for how they're doing, how they're handling it, because they're really they're really focusing on it. They're really trying to get back to their own feet, uh, and they they went at their own pace. It was fine. Like you know, they, yeah. They, well, it also they, handled... they had a plan. It's almost like they must have right. already known. Um, they they had a contingency plan in yeah. case something happened. Because like Miyamoto and uh, Takata or Tayaka, I can't even pronounce his name. Takeda. Are getting old. Takeda, yeah. He they, they they like immediately took over running the company. So it was like, oh okay, well, they okay. they had they had some action in in store in case it happened. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, the two of them are pretty old, so it's not like they aren't thinking about these sort of things possibly happening. Aren't they uh, both older than Iwata was? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Miyamoto's way older than Iwata. Iwata was actually like. The youngest member of the board. So. Yeah, he was fifty. It was yeah. crazy. Um, but I wanted to say, uh, in comparison, uh, companies like Sony are in a really bad spot lately. Um, not only say that. Uh, for a lot of reasons, actually. Um, not only uh, just outside of gaming, uh, their movie front is terrible, genuinely awful. Uh, well, yeah, the, but um, I. I think and, Sony said a while ago that they were trying. They were actually going to pull back and try to really focus on video games, just because PS4 is a, a, a monster. Well, um, <laughs> um, no, I mean that just that sort of thing really hit them hard financially, uh, because they're the only studio that hasn't had a big blockbuster hit yet. Um, like sure. Jurassic World Depends. alone. Depends. Bloodborne sold pretty well. That was no, no, I mean, I mean, in terms of movies, which is a oh, very, okay. yeah, which yeah. is a very big money making system for a lot of these studios, totally. for a lot of these companies. Just ask uh, Disney. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but a lot of Sony, not Sony exclusive IPs, but rather Sony based IPs, especially like Metal Gear Solid, are in a really shaky spot. Um, a lot of them seem to be leaving or are just kind of fizzling out. Uh, I feel like Sony of any com- of of the three is kind of dealing with a lot of hard times. I I, I think that they're and I, I want to hear your opinions on this. Do you think that Sony is falling behind? Do you think that they, as a company, are kind of you know they're like kind of in last place of the three? What I really like this conversation. Um, All right. So I've been to to anyone who would listen. I've been talking about Sony kind of since E three because I figured E three was really going to tell us what's up with Sony. Um, and what's going on in their gaming division, which obviously the PlayStation 4 is selling like gangbusters. So their PlayStation brand is as strong as it's ever been. Um, maybe the PS2 era was, was a little bit stronger, but... The PS2 uh, era was phenomenally yeah, strong. Yeah, it, and, it and the of... PS4 era is going going great, but I think that might be also more because of the follies of their competition, more so than what they necessarily did. Right. Um, but because, because... because I said this back in, what, 2013 when they announced the console is that Everything they did to hype up their machine was basically not making any changes from what they were already doing. Right. So it was like they did the same thing with the PlayStation 3, but for some reason now it's a big deal because the competition, you know, screwed up their messaging. And they, they, they took advantage of the competition's yes. like mistakes. But yes. the thing is that Microsoft has been spending a lot of time fixing that and listening to fans and giving yep. them what they want, giving them exactly what they want. Exactly, and Sony has yet to offer something similar because they honestly can't. Yeah, they really can't offer the same thing. And it, it was, it, it was really interesting because after this E3, 
Um, you know, I think everyone in the world who pays any attention to Sony knows that all their other departments are outside of, for some reason, health insurance um, is doing really bad for them. Oh, yeah. It's, and, it's... you know, like they just stopped making TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're... Which is tragic because their TVs are phenomenal. Yeah, so they, if you they ever want to off... get a gaming TV, get a Sony. Oh, 100% get a yeah, Sony. Yeah, Sony's are awesome. Um, going to have to find also... them now. Yeah, right. Yes, do it. And they 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 sold off their uh you know their laptop brand, and you know it's pretty obvious that the the company on the whole is trying to refocus to PlayStation because that's kind of where they're making their money now. But it's really weird that the, the whole PlayStation PlayStation Four era has been really weird because it's selling like gangbusters without actually having any content necessarily worth buying the console for. And you know I know some people really like Bloodborne and stuff, and that's fine. Um, you know, that that's great. I'm glad that that purchase alone maybe justified your console. But it, it's one of those where everything they're doing to sell the PlayStation 4 are promises that haven't been delivered on. Right. And PlayStation 4's exclusives library is just Bloodborne at this point. Like, there's nothing else. The, or, the Order 1986. But that's that Actually, though, infamous I, would, son too, yeah. I don't mean to make fun of you, but I would love to see a game called The Order 1986. <laughs> as a direct sequel to the order eighteen eighty six, sorry, <laughs> because that would be That's really awesome. Like metal hair bands with like, uh, like this like weird sort of like electrical based uh technology. Um, totally, totally. That, uh, order eighteen things. I'm sorry, rambling. Uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. No, it's it's really weird because uh, I bought an Xbox One on launch. I was a Xbox three sixty user. And a Wii user last generation, and I do I do right. have a PlayStation Three in my house. Um, I never touched the thing. Exclusive. But yeah, I I don't have any games for it right now. I, I just use it to play movies. Um, <laughs> so I bought an Xbox One Day One, uh, mostly because I wanted to play Madden, and I sold my 360 towards the pre-order, so I had no console to play Madden on. So I I like Xbox 360 controllers. The Xbox One controller looked like a nice improvement, so I, that's why I went Xbox One, and. You know, even though I had to sell my Xbox One last month um, to pay some bills, I plan to get it again this month um, with a credit card. I'm really sorry if my girlfriend just heard that I just got a credit card and I'm going to buy video games with it. I'm sorry. Um, but the Xbox One has just been, like, delivering. Even on launch, it had, like, three or four exclusives, and then they had Titanfall, um, and then they had, uh, man, Sunset Overdrive, yeah. Forza. Um, and now again, they're having another Forza come out. They have Halo Five hitting this year, Tomb Raider. Uh, they're just like blasting us with content, and they've been doing it consistently since launch. And I always thought it was kind of ironic that PlayStation's getting all this praise while giving us nothing, and the Xbox One has been delivering from day one. Solid content. And and people are like, and... eh. I mean, the Xbox no. One's not selling bad. It's just, you know, it's even it's more weird. amazing. Uh, with the Windows 10, Windows 10 update, you can stream from your Xbox. So one of my friends has been taking a lot of advantage, a big, huge advantage of this. Um, I mentioned earlier how we, I was playing Fibbage. Well, that's an Xbox One game, and my friend lives in New York. So what he did was, uh, he used uh, his Windows native computer to stream games from uh, Windows 10 mm-hmm. from his Xbox One through Skype, which is a company now owned by Microsoft. So it's a lot of like in-house programs that are all kind of built around the same kind of framework which gives 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Microsoft like Skynet. Is Skynet. Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> but it's like this like huge advantage that Microsoft is taking advantage of, and I really, I really like it. I really like that I'm able to just. Yeah, I, I have more opportunities to play games with my friends. The idea, like, it's weird for me because I've always liked playing uh, Madden at on my PC. Uh, and this was before they canceled it in, like, 2007 is the last time they made a, a PC version. Right. And it's really weird that one of the features I was looking forward to most was the ability to play Madden on my computer again, even though it's running on my Xbox One. It's just, it's crazy to me that... Um, how much I would rather play my games necessarily in another room away from my TV. Um, yeah. And, and like Xbox is making that happen and I'm a windows 10 user, so it can happen for me. And it's just right. crazy. And it's crazy how like, not only that, the games they release on PC and Xbox, like all the user bases are combined now. So yeah, they made it, they made, they've made a connected community and framework for all of their content and their hardware, which is, it's a dream for a company yeah, to do exactly. this. It, it, it feels so weird that this is the first podcast I've listened to outside of Microsoft-centric podcasts or <laughs> been part of that's actually saying all these positive things like about Xbox It's and because about Because it's, it's honestly just, true. I have to be very... They're all cylinders right now. No, I'm but being if very I, objective if, if I might, uh If I might, um, I'm not an Xbox guy by any stretch of the imagination. But like I said, I watched the Game Cubs conf- conference... I helped report on it, and really, like, now I have Windows 10. I've seen what Xbox has I've to offer. I've never seen you use an Xbox or no, anything, I, I, I have. I, I've used it before, but, like, that's <laughs> No, I mean, like, point. and I have known you for a while, so it's, like, yeah, very confusing. I know, like, it's a little strange. I just realized this. He does it when you yeah. sleep. He does it when you sleep. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's when I... It's like my midnight snack. Um, but anyway, it's shameful. Um, when... I was watching the conference. I was impressed by some things. You know, uh, Forza's not up my alley, so I don't care. Uh, Crackdown's not up my alley. Don't really care. Saw Scalebound, and I was like, oh. well, hello, hello there. there. Okay, um, uh, Scalebound. Yeah. I have some opinions. I think we're not going to agree on this, because I actually was really excited for Scalebound, and I'm kind of disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it's can not I, what you thought it was. Can I pitch in before we get on that? Yeah. No. Okay. Of course not. <laughs> Oh. No, you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> um, I just I feel like the Xbox or the Xbone gets a lot of um, negative feedback because the first impression it came out with was just so weak and it had such a bad first impression that people have had a hard time getting over that. And like even myself, I've had a hard time giving them another chance, you know, to come back from that terrible release that they made. And I think that you know there's something to be said for a lot of people who are giving them the positive reviews and the, the second chances who are opening our eyes to look they're trying to make a difference and they're listening to us and they're taking out the things we don't want yeah well basically what happened is um phil spencer took over and it's just been it's been like it's it's been microsoft's a game with gaming since he took over um and obviously people like me who bought into xbox knew this when it happened because of his background at Microsoft. Right. But it, it was one of those that people who had negative vibes were like, yeah, okay, so he, he's into gaming. Well, whatever. He's just going to keep pushing TV and keep pushing this and keep pushing that. And sure, their their TV functionality is still there and it, it's well supported. But games and gamers have been at the front of their messaging for over a year now. So it, it, it's 
I'm glad that like like you, Sarah, are actually starting to kind of come around and realize, you know what? Maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I might interject uh, just one more thing, because I know Adam wants to talk about the scale-bound stuff. Um, again, I'm feeling turned around on Xbox, but on the Sony topic, I think it's just really interesting because Sony's really just been riding the initial wave. Sony doesn't, it's, it's not doing anything. They, they didn't know just, what to do with it. It's just being aired. <laughs> And a lot of a lot of what they have been doing has been dealing with the things that have happened as disasters as a result with like companies having these problems in house, these these IPs having trouble with their creators well, fighting. Yes, yes. Oh, um, yeah, and I think one of the most inter- yeah, and one of the most interesting things is uh, we talked about Sony not doing well movie wise, but in, it's very interesting because Sony has uh, the Ratchet and Clank movie on the way. They have the Sly Cooper movie right. on the way. They have. Right. Nathan, uh, the Uncharted movie that's never a going lot to of happen. really big potential like blockbuster hits if they play their cards right. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of people like me who loved Indiana Jones would like to see Uncharted because it's going to be basically Indiana Jones. Actually, you know the reason that this movie got delayed for so long uh, is because uh, they tried to get Seth Rogen to write it, uh, who's actually a very f- big writer in Hollywood, mm-hmm. despite just you seeing and his he comedy writes a lot movies. Of good because he, I mean, he can write serious movies, he can write comedic movies, he can write action movies, adventure. He's a very talented writer. Um, and he said no every single time they've asked him. And his reasoning is always, if you can pitch it to me where it's not Indiana Jones, I will write this movie. And they haven't been able, they weren't able to do that for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, was it actually confirmed that the movie was being developed, like the script was done and everything? I mean, Uncharted is, like, it's still set, quote-unquote. But, I mean, just today or yesterday, they announced that it's delayed again. So it's like, oh, it might yeah. happen. Yeah, I mean, I, they I they think, might have had a writer, and then that writer probably bailed. Well, they probably, they, they want Seth Rogen. They, well, they've totally. said that, that they... He just doesn't want to copy what another movie... He doesn't want to He does want to do something with, that's going to just be, yeah, blatant copy. Yeah, and like if you want another Indiana Jones, well, Harrison Ford is still acting, so produce another Indiana Jones. Yeah, make another movie that's... With the guy, <laughs> with, with the guy who that everyone wants to see play Indiana Jones, yeah, Chris Pratt. But no, so it, it, it's just <laughs> Sony has done. Uh, I got to give Sony some one, credit, Jeff. um, you know, because th- they did ride that initial hype wave to sell a whole bunch of PlayStation fours by doing what Xbox don't, as all the fans were saying, right? Um, and and to to their credit, and this is one thing. This is why a lot of people think that Sony had a brilliant E three. Um, they've done a very good job at maintaining the hype for their console without having anything to offer. Um, just that that Final yes. Fantasy VII remastering I, that, teaser. That is immediately what popped into my head as soon as you said that. I was like, I was really excited about that, and that's not going to happen for exactly. Why? And, and like Shenmue Three, it, it's barely even started development if it started at and all. And Sony has been nothing but unhelpful in that regard. Yeah, and like the like, Last Guardian demo, like as exciting as it was to see that the Last Guardian is still going, it, we learned nothing. It, it, we learned nothing, and it no looked, one could tell me it, anything about that game. It looked like an extension of what they showed like seven years ago. It, it right. didn't look like they actually made it anywhere to where you should be excited that this game's coming right. in your lifetime. A lot of it is maybes and like what ifs and possibly. Yeah. But but that's the thing. Well, one thing they're doing, and and this is Nintendo's. This is a little ironic because Nintendo went the opposite way at E three. They said, "Look, this is the games we have." And we don't want to show something that's that. not going to be happening for years yeah. and years. Yeah. That's and, like... and Sony's all, we know what our fans want, so we're going to give them what they want, but they're not actually going to see any of these for a while. Uh, we saw Uncharted back in 2013, 
And now Sony's it's like that until 2016, and if it doesn't get delayed again. Yeah. Uh, Sony's know. like that guy who's trying to like sell you timeshares. He's very yeah. excited about and, it, and, and he's very good at selling it. Yeah. But, it, but you don't want it. You don't want what he's selling. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just weird. Sony. Sony's in this position where. Um, they don't really have, uh, they used to be have killer first and second party stuff going on. They don't really have that happening right now. Right. They're trying to buy that up more though. Yeah. They're really well, trying well, to it's funny. Like, it uh, like, uh, I had someone tell me the other day when I, when I mentioned the PlayStation four didn't really have a lot of exclusives and this guy's like, well, dude, well, destiny, I'm like, well, destiny wasn't exclusive, but you think it's exclusive. It's a mind game because they own the rights for advertising for it. So it's like Sony. Sony's done this brilliant thing where it's indie- funny because most of the people that I know play Destiny on Xbox One, <laughs> right? Well, they're wrong, right? <laughs> it, it's just it, it, Sony's done this brilliant mind game with their fans where they're like, "We're in your head. We're we're pushing all the right buttons to make you want our console, but we haven't actually given you a real reason to buy it yet. But right, we're, right. We're, we're making promises to you that you're going to love it eventually. And to build on that, I I think that's something I really appreciate about Nintendo. Because they they know how things really change in production, how a game becomes a game about like some dragon fighting thing to becoming Super Smash Brothers and for the N64. You know, mm-hmm. huge change. Okay. Um, and it doesn't pay to talk about these things early in development. It doesn't pay to talk about these things far before they're even close to being done or beca- before they've taken shape. Um, so that's why they're like, oh, we don't want to show anything until we know it's like within a year. Yeah. Right, and I think that's why, um, I think that's partially why the response to Zelda U being delayed has actually been really positive. It's really like, concerning. If no, if, well, the thing is, if you've for me, looked at just for any, me personally, no, it, it is concerning, but if you've looked at any of the, like, um, if you looked at any of our fan responses to that, like any articles that we write about Zelda U being delayed, well, pretty much everybody's just like, okay, take your time, make it a good game. We'll yeah, I, I think that I think with the Zelda U stuff, it's become more of a people didn't really have any negative reactions to the actual delay outside of when the NX was announced, and now it's sounding more and more like it's hitting next year. There are people that uh, right. I, I've never I've never understood the reaction because they're still getting it on Wii U, uh, but are afraid it's going to be a cross-platform game, and I I've never understood how because that negative. that changes a lot of things. It it kind of like in the same way that the Smash it's for the a, 3DS. It's a kind of adjusts how the quality of the game is going to be for the Wii U. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people play Smash 4 and, like, I like this game, but I know it could have been even better if they had just stripped away the the 3DS part and Mm -hmm. focused on the Wii U console, Wii U version, or or Mm -hmm. put it on the new 3DS as a launch title. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the same thing with uh, cross-platform. I mean, Twilight Princess is a good example of, like, how it can work and it works really well. Yeah, that's kind of what I point to is... um, But you don't always have a Twilight Princess. So it's... Well, it, it, but Nintendo hasn't done a lot of cross-platform games in terms of like home. Not consoles. many people do. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, the, the, the oddest... correction: this generation, there's been a lot of games that are on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Three. Yeah, because that's like they're trying to like move the market into it slowly. Right. But like, yeah. yeah. Before that, before that, it was really very, you didn't see things. PlayStation Three and PlayStation Two versions of games very often. Yeah, but one of the strange things about. Uh, the the possibility of Zelda U on as a as a cross release thing, uh, I feel like we'll get back to Scalebound eventually, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'll Zelda, I'll force it idea, back eventually. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, but the idea of Zelda U releasing on both platforms, I'm a fan of it, but I'm also I I'm just like everybody else in that I really just want to know more information because it's 
it's not as it doesn't seem as easy in my mind as the GameCube and the Wii because okay, different control scheme, sure, but you're talking about the game, the Wii U and its gamepad and all that, and unless the NX is going to keep the gamepad, which I find. Highly I, unlikely. I, I, I really don't think. Highly really unlikely. Super unlikely. Yeah. Do that. The game's gonna play really differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Is that a lot of the time, and especially with Zelda, you know, sometimes the greatness is born out of that urgency. That like we need to get this out soon. We don't have time. We can't focus on making this like so radically different. And I think that the fact that they showed it and they're like, we need a, we, we thought of some new things and we need to go back and we're going to revamp the whole thing. So you're not going to hear from us for a while is kind of concerning because the demo they showed us is now completely useless. Almost a hundred percent useless. Not yeah, it, because it's most likely so not because like, oh, because they're like going and rethinking that automatically means anything, but because they, they made such a large delay I have no idea what they what new idea and they they haven't told us anything. Yeah. I have no idea what those new ideas were. Maybe they said you know the bow thing was stupid. Let's do something else. What if they said the blue tunic was stupid? Let's do something else. The stu- the the graphics style was stupid. Let's do something else. Yeah, what and if they those are all very but likely things that could happen. People are still talking and, about that tech demo. Maybe right. Maybe we should have done that instead. So you know what? We had to delay it a year because we need to we want to make it the tech demo. The engine and completely I mean, the visuals. I mean, Sonic Adventure. Sonic uh, Adventure has a very interesting history because, just to give an example, because originally it focused on if if anybody knows it, uh, it used the older style of Sonic from the the Genesis games where he's very pudgy and stuff, and along the way they switched to the newer style with the you know like lanky. slimmer, more what lanky, yeah, um, that more lanky style, and. There's some videos of, like, that change. There's the videos of, like, that older style being used in some cutscenes um, before the, the update, updated ones were put in the game. Um, and it's really weird because it, it does change the entire feel of the game. It does change a lot of things about how you look at it. I, it, it the same way that... I Maybe was there's no it. more ponytail. Right. I mean, he- heck, there's there was a... For those of you who watched Shrek when you were younger, there was a guy named Chris Farley who was a very popular comedian at the time who was originally the voice of Shrek before Mike Myers uh, stepped in the role because uh, uh, Chris Farley sadly passed away uh, 90% into the, 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 the recording period. Um, so, and it, it's radically different. The script feels different. The characters feel different. I look at Zelda U being delayed and I see the same potential for a radically different game. And I was very happy with what I saw with Zelda U. I was like, I was I, looking I, forward I, to it. I don't think that's a bad, I don't think it's a bad thing that might feel different. Right, uh, the one right, thing, but the one it's caveat like caveat to that. The one caveat but, that I have to that is just um, my reaction to the delay. One of my immediate thoughts is maybe they just decided like halfway through that yeah we want to get this on the NX because we want to push out the NX faster than we thought we wanted to push it out. But at the same time, that seems like something they would have planned well, way right. far in advance. I think right, the only and a problem... lot of our fans will want us to mention this. The only reason they ever mentioned the NX is because they wanted to silence opinions or silence the rumors because they mentioned it like idiots before. Um, well, not, sorry, not this... badly. Not I mean, badly, but they, like they just, it, it, was, it, it was a I mean, good. It was a good intended mention. It was, it was, it was a good intended control. mention, but it kind of it kind of cursed them. Um, so I want to make that because I've seen comments before of people, yeah, and people send me emails about that stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, 
Yeah, so it, it it was kind of a double. It was a double edged blade. Like they were announcing mobile, so they needed to make sure people didn't think, "Oh my gosh, yeah, we're going full all mobile." Right. But at the same time, you know, it's like, oh, now that we know this platform's getting announced next year and might release next year, it's like, right. Well, what's being replaced? Is it Wii U? Is it 3DS? Is it both? What games are getting moved? Like, it, it's kind of dominated the Nintendo conversation. I mean, it, it, of course, it's the next step. It's yeah, the next, it's the next big step, step that we had, we had no clue was happening this soon. Yeah. Know? So it was like, hmm. and now that is, we want to be prepared. We want to know: is it worth investing extra money in the, my new 3DS? Is it worth investing extra money in my Wii U? Is it exactly. worth investing money in Zelda U for Wii U? Um, or should I just wait for the NX version to come out? Yeah, and, um, and I'm really curious about how the NX will utilize Amiibo because there's no way that Nintendo is going to not take advantage of the. Well, they'll, they'll put an NFC reader. Yeah, well, not even just that, but I'm wondering if like we're gonna see an expansion, like Amiibo now. Oh, a layer of you, depth. Like, like they well, not even just a layer of depth. Well, yeah, a layer of depth with the idea that maybe Amiibo now uh, are actually what they sell to sell you the game. Hmm. Maybe. Well, they could easily do that. Make the Amiibo. Yeah. You can only get the Amiibo if you get the special edition of the game. And they're doing yeah. that with what that one Mario 30th anniversary. The mm-hmm. the what the one color of it, you got to buy the game to get it. Uh oh oh the uh, the retro style yeah yeah you have to buy the box set for that one yeah um I think that's interesting I just think it's once again a bigger problem with the whole amiibo variation thing totally the topic but no um <laughs> just one last comment on Zelda you of course no go for it um the the I think what what fans the only negative reaction I've really seen from fans with Zelda you and the delay is, you know, yeah, that people are worried about the NX, but ultimately that that, that could end up being a end up being a positive in that um, we do have to realistically look at Nintendo as a company, and the Wii U is not um, not a success. There, there's really no way to to sugarcoat that. Um, it's just not it's just not a success. It'll be appreciated with now. time. It'll be a dream. It's a it's the It'll dream be a dreamcast. Cast. It'll be a dreamcast. It's yeah. appreciated by people that actually will go back and look at it. Yeah. But right now, it's not the time where so, it's gonna shine. So you know, in some ways, I understand like some people's fear that it goes to NX. But really, it's probably only a positive for NX. I mean, Twilight Princess really helped the Wii um, connect with the uh, Nintendo fan base because Wii Sports wasn't selling us. But Twilight Princess a month before it comes to the GameCube, that sold us. Um, but incentive to buy. <laughs> well, not everybody, but in general, it, it did extremely well on the Wii. Um, in that first two months. But my main point was uh, that I haven't even said yet. Jeez, um, <laughs> is that fans seem more upset that um we're not seeing the game for so long? So like you were talking, Adam, about all the changes that could be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Jeff mentioned maybe we're just not seeing it because you know maybe they want to relaunch the relaunch the reveal of the game on the NX, which is a total possibility. Um, but but it's one of those that you showed us the game twice last year. Um, unless it's a visual style change, it's kind of like, are you telling me you can't show me anything about right, the game? Right, right. Like, Uncharted was showed in 2013, but that doesn't mean they didn't stop talking and showing Uncharted the last couple of years. Um, so it, it, it's just really weird that, like, Nintendo started the hype train, and then they're like, you know what? Yeah, it's delayed, but we're not even going to give you anything for that delay. We're not going to give you new screenshots, new trailers to kind of say sorry for the delay, but here, take a look. Or at give you, like, understanding doing. of how the development cycle is going. Like, yeah, like, it's, hard, a, it's you know. so, 
it's just so weird. And, and what makes it worse? It's a wait. It's a it's a lost opportunity. Yeah, to really connect well, with fans to give th- us this like this is what really this is I think what really set people off is it's not at E3. They stuck to it and said it wasn't going to be at E3. But you know what they said at E3? We have new footage ready to be shown. <laughs> Why are you saying this when you just told people it's not going to be at the show? And now you're telling us that you have stuff you could show us, but you're just choosing not to. It, it it's like what what's going on in your mind? Where you, are you, you playing was, with us? Or? Like, yeah, they're doing the opposite of Sony. Sony's like building on their fans and giving them what they want and playing with their minds and making this PlayStation Four sound like this great thing. And Nintendo's taking all of you and being like, "Yeah, we have what you want, but you can't have it." And well, they're not explaining like, why. Yeah, it's this like, like well, there's no reason. Like you've already revealed the game. There's no reason not to show us unless it is a drastic change. But why but would you tell have footage, us? T- why would tell you have us, footage ready to show if it's a drastic change? Right. Tell us it's why weird. you can't show it to us or show it to us. That's yeah. the only two but options. Don't, you know, don't even tell us. My thing was, or don't tell cons- us that it exists. Yeah, don't, yeah, exactly. Don't you by you by saying it exists kind of just upsets your fans even it's more. It's just like, a tease. You have no understanding of your fan base if you think, oh, we're not going to show up or we're going to tell you we could have shown it. No, I'm like, yeah. what? That's just mm-hmm. weird. It always upset me, and I think a lot of other fans are pretty upset about it, too. I right. mean, it wouldn't be as strange if, again, going back to what Nate pointed out, they showed it twice. That's extraordinarily unusual for Nintendo. Like, twice twice in one year at really big events showing actual, well, the first time wasn't game footage, but going so far as to show potential gaming footage in December and then completely doing a 360 and backing away from showing anything, that's so unusual because Nintendo usually doesn't let anything slip until a game's like right. They don't need to do. Way. They don't need to do Super Smash Brothers four where they you know they were um they were showing off the game as a uh, I'm sorry is it sorry yeah four um they were showing off the game they were you know uh building it up hyping it up you know constantly with like different they don't need to do that. I'm just asking for a little bit of, you know, information every once in a while. Say, uh, give me information that says, like, uh, Aonuma is working on this idea that he's had, and it's based on this concept. Or even if you don't want to give me even that much, say that Aonuma is, like, you know, he'll occasionally come out and say, like, we're working very hard in this game. We have some really exciting things we want to do. Uh, we thought that this was cool. Um, we, you know, give give just some connection. Give just a some, little bit. Give a little bit. Anything. Like, even if, it's even not if you're just telling us, even if you're just telling us, like, what, if you just want to give away one of your supposedly copious amount of ideas, um, you know, they were talking about back when it was revealed, right before they showed the footage, you know, how we're, we're changing some of the traditional stuff we do as Zelda. Like, even if you just told us that, just, just something, one of your ideas that's going into the game, even if you don't want to extrapolate, but just give us something. I guess to chew on, to to talk about, to speculate about right. until you're ready to to actually show us something substantial. And and what's really weird with Zelda U, and they, they haven't done this for any other Zelda game. I don't even know if they've done this for any other game. Um, we we've seen gameplay, we've seen a teaser, we have not seen any direct feed gameplay, and we have not seen a trailer. It's yeah. really weird. How it's really not any screenshots. Yeah, the screenshots were all just images from their teaser, like. Right. It, it's weird. Like, why? We have no screenshots. We have no interviews. We have no um, direct feed footage. So no one can even see it, compare the the gameplay to the, the teaser to see, was that teaser just in-engine or is that actually what the game really looks like, like that? Well, we, we can't know because it's off-screen footage. And at the same time, 
a trailer. What what Zelda game has not been revealed with a trailer? I I can't even think of one. Yeah. So no. it's really weird that how how they've been handling the game and people are hyped for it because it's the first Zelda game in HD. It's on Zelda U. Um, it's on the Wii U and everything, and people are excited because it's Zelda. But it's like you're handling this really, really weird, and then you're just gonna yank the cord and not give us anything at all. And it's it's just right. I, I don't I don't understand. They're Zelda they're like trying game. to they're doing their best to kill this game. I feel like it's really weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is one one area where I wish they were more like Sony, where Sony showed off the game their games I think... years ahead of time, and the only thing to Sony's credit is they continue to show those games over the years. And Nintendo's kind of uh, like, oh, we did, we went too early with this. Sorry. Well, we're not going to give you anything now. Like, you know, I think that's partly on uh, the fans' fault. The fan reaction where they were like, "Don't worry, take your time," was the worst thing that we ever did as a fan base. Well, no, not that because was, that not was the because response in, in, when we found out it was delayed. Right. No, that's what I mean. Is that you three, know, people were angry because because we got the announcement that it was going to be delayed and it wasn't going to be at E three in the same video. And people positively reacted to the delay. They're like, okay, cool. You know, it's their first HD Zelda game. They're giving them the benefit of the doubt because other Zelda games have been delayed. So, But it that's is the issue. They but it was like... They didn't push them to say, no, give us something. Well, give us they something. did. That's the E3 problem. That's the E3, that's the E3 problem. problem. There was not one positive reaction to, it's not going to be at E3. Everyone's like, wait a second. So you're delaying it, but you're not going to show up at E3 with the game, even though that's still months away. Tell me, in months from now, you can't show us anything. Twilight Princess got delayed, and we got to we got to see it at the at E three anyways. So yeah. it's like, the, why are you showed it twice last year? You obviously have the ability to show it again if you want. They killed the they killed so, the possible hype. Yeah, exactly. I think I think they kind of and, I, and, and, I, and I, everyone was mad about it. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, we're still excited. I, I'm like, yeah. yeah. But I think that that's what this boils down to is that they kind of killed Zelda U. Exactly. In in, in, that's a, why... in a strange strange very quiet way, they just silently got rid of Zelda U. Zelda U just needs to become the Goku of Zelda games. You kill it off, <laughs> but it comes keeps coming back. back. Yeah, yeah. It comes back, and it's just so much stronger. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those... The, the only thing, the only logic, and I was talking about this with Colin McIsaac, the editor-in-chief at Gamesia the other day, um, that the only logic I can find behind this, because the, they're doing their best to, to make people not want this game or make them forget about it, Um is that they really want this to be an NX launch title, and they're going to make some drastic changes to it, and they just they do not want to show it off until they show off the NX, yeah, because they're going to use it as a catalyst to say, look, we're really sorry that we didn't deliver on the Wii U some of the things you guys wanted, but hey, look, we got these other games coming to NX, and by the way, you want Zelda Day 1? Here it is. You've been waiting a year, two years to see it. Here it is. It looks totally different. They did whatever they wanted to do to it to make it hyped again. Um, and they just blow us away and say, okay, well, I can't wait a month for the Wii U version. I have to get the NX because this this is blowing me away. Um, and that's the only logic I can have because I don't know why else you wouldn't show it. But I doubt it. I doubt it, honestly. Yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, can they really execute that again? Probability says no. Yeah, that, that's the weird thing. Like, Can they really execute that? I mean, they did it with Twilight Princess. They pulled it off, but... You know, as Sarah pointed out, you know, she's like, yeah, well, it didn't convince me to, to go get the Wii. Um, you know, and, and a lot of people weren't convinced to get the Wii U, and some have just now bought it. And it's like, are, are you going to convince them to be like, yeah, I'm going to go buy your NX because I can play Zelda a month early. Right. 
Um, and this all this waiting game and this showing the game and not showing it, I'm just going to forgive you for it and buy your new platform. I, I don't, especially since the Wii U, you can get it for $200. It'll probably even be cheaper um, next year when the NX comes out. So it's like... Or the I, year after. Yeah, or the year after. I, I just don't know... I don't. Uh, is Nintendo going to get away with it if that's what they're doing? Right. That's and that's part of the right. thing that bothers me, and this is kind of like a segue. Uh, yeah. So don't uh, spoil. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things Wait, that they said a was segue, like the you. ones you drive around. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of the things that they said that they haven't explained enough, and especially with all the like the hush hush with the lack of information, has really got me concerned. And I'm surprised no one else has mentioned this. Um, they said they're changing a lot of core things about the Zelda franchise, and. Another franchise recently did that, and it was one of the worst things that I've ever seen a franchise do. Um, speaking about Halo 5, uh, their multiplayer mode yeah, is not going to be split screen. No split screen. Yeah, it's really Which weird. is the worst thing for a game that was built on the fact that it was a, it was a really good split screen game. Yeah. I'd be cool if, in Halo 5, if they said, you can't do split screen, but um, we're offering you a splicer, and you can do two players on different TVs. I would have been okay with yeah. that. But they didn't there even offer that. There was like for no, local play. No, you need to buy an Xbox and another TV, and it's like, I, you have to have Microsoft, why? or you have to get an Ethernet like, like, cable connection. Like why? At least, at least if I had, you offered the ability to. I guess it's still a split screen, but it's not really because each person has their own. Well, TV the point of it is that they said that they wanted to make it so that the, the the Xbox One could focus on giving the best graphical performance it could. Which and, I understand, and but people doing, aren't playing Halo for that. No, they're not. It's playing like the, they're it's playing like it. They misunderstand their their fans. Like I, if you want a graphical powerhouse, that that that's cool. Like Uncharted and stuff like that for PlayStation Four. That's you know their graphical showcase kind of games, mm-hmm. and that's cool. Um, they're single player experiences, so that that makes a lot of sense that those would be your graphical. They're demos of your. But multiplayer games aren't supposed to be graphical powerhouses. They're supposed to be highly compatible for multiplayer. They can look nice. That's they can look not, nice. Yes. But they should focus on the, the things that are important, which is the gameplay. Exactly. Um, recently, I was at a choice. friend's barbecue, and one of the things we do all the time is we play Halo. Because it's like there's like eight of us. We get the two Xboxes together. We get two TVs. It's a blast. You know, we all play Halo together, and it's so much fun. And knowing that we cannot do that with Halo 5, is it, it bums me out. Yeah, it, it really it, does. What Especially makes it a after worse. that really good, they made a really good demo. And then they're just abandoning the the thing that sells the game. Yeah, it, it's weird because now that they finally have it sorted out, you know, the Master Chief Collection is finally playable. You know, that mm-hmm. that's the one knock I'll give on Microsoft. They they kind of botched the Master Chief Collection launch. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a but, disaster. <laughs> but it, it's finally playable now, and they they got most of the bugs sorted out. Um, and it, it feels really weird because I could go buy the Master Chief Collection and have split screen Halo right now, um, and love it to death and play it with my friends. And get all excited for the new Halo, only to tell my friends, "Sorry, you better go buy your own Xbox if you want to play with me." Yeah, um, it's it, it's a really hard. So it it's almost like they're trying to kill the living room with the game. Um, and Nintendo's desperately holding attack on, to on the living room. room. But um, one of the most impressive things lately with Nintendo with that was the fact that this new uh, I think this new Splatoon update allows you to play. What was it with two Wii U's in the same room locally, like a local tournament? Really? Or was that it does? The, or was that or no? Or was that the Smash Bros. update? Oh, the well, new Smash Bros. update allows for tournament mode. That was uh, finally some, added. Which well, is well, not even tournament. There was something where you could do like local with two of the two of the Wii U, and it was just like I, I saw War Champ, uh, War Champ Seven from uh, from Smash Boards, from Squidboards, uh, 
tweeting about that. And that was really cool because it's just Nintendo just encro encroaching even more on the living room space or like the close multiplayer kind of environment. And they're, yeah, well, they're just what, still what's really, really cool with that. Um, you bring that up, you know, you're talking about Smash and Splatoon. Um, the, the thing that keeps the close, the, the close living room experience going is competitive multiplayer games. Um, because their best experience, not over the internet, but locally. Um, now obviously, you know, they're, they're really popular on the internet, but you know, like, like when you go to a League of Legends tournament, that's, that's in-house. That's, everyone's playing locally over a LAN connection. Um, it's really interesting that Nintendo's been like kind of like you just said, you know, trying to make a, a local play with two Wii um a lot easier for things like Smash or Splatoon. Because honestly, if Nintendo wants to keep owning the living room, that, that's that's the stuff they have to do. They have to go back and do what the Xbox was doing, like the original Xbox back in the day when people were throwing LAN parties like crazy with their Xboxes. Because mm -hmm. um, that stuff's highly popular. All you gotta do is look at all the all the success of of you know like Dota and all that stuff like. That's if you're gonna maintain your living room presence, you gotta release the games that that uh, are capable of the living room and the hardware that makes it capable. Um, that's why you know I know we're trying to move a little bit away from Nintendo, but uh, that's kind of what excites me for the NX is is that's gonna be affirmation of the direction they're they're going. They're either gonna go and try to really dominate that living room experience because everyone else is moving away from it, or they're gonna try to become like everybody else, or they're gonna do something totally weird and give us the boomerang controller that was supposed to be the PlayStation 3 controller um, just because they can and sell us a system for $100 that plays TV. I no Wonderful. Idea. I have no idea. Can never <laughs> predict Nintendo. That In, in the days of predicting Nintendo, I think I'm trying to move past them. I, I, yeah. I love that Nintendo has been one of those companies to just really keep to the living room and want us to sit together and play together and, you know, have friendship-destroying games with mm -hmm. each other and i love that because to me gaming online it's fun but it's it's different and i would rather it's disjointed have, yeah i'd rather have my friends come over and pick up controllers and play together and exactly i feel like there has been such a lack of good games for that like it's like okay let's play smash brothers or mario party what else smash yeah, brothers like, or mario party <laughs> totally well, like the I mean, only Rain games. Legends uh, does yeah. a good job of that, and I spoke about that last time I was on. Yeah. And right. also, uh, I mean, Splatoon's getting better at it, but at the same, like I, I say that because of the private matchmaking. But again, yeah, they, they don't have much for local. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, hmm. I think that might just be more of a Wii U limitation at this point. That's what I'm I'm getting out of it. Right. Like they just it can't the game the way the game is can't physically handle two people doing it at the same time online. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that could be fixed with the NX, so who knows? Well, hopefully we'll see. Um, there's one more thing I want to talk about because we're getting close to that time. We're going to have to wrap up. Um, Scale down? A little bit sure. Uh, what? Scale actually, <laughs> actually, I guess two things then because there's something I really want to talk about. Because sure. Scalebound, I have to have this conversation with Jeff eventually. So either this week or maybe next week we'll have it if we can't yeah, fit it in. sit me down and tell me that I'm wrong. No, no I want to have this discussion no, with you because I think I, it's, I I think it's actually pretty I interesting. Love I really want to talk about scale bound, so um, I, All right. I guess we'll we'll do both. You know, I'll I'll deal with it. No, it's okay. Um, if, we don't, if we don't have time, um, it is we'll, it is. we'll just. I just want to bring this up really quickly. Um, sure. Did you guys see that article on Konami's working editions? Yeah, I, I wrote I, that I, article. 
<laughs> you wrote it? Well, for game. I wrote the one for Game Music. Yeah. Can you, for those that haven't read it, can you give them kind of a rundown of everything? Because I think that you... Yeah, probably uh, there's this Japanese publication called Nikkei, or Nikkei, N-I-K-K-E-I. Mm-hmm. And they came out with a report uh, that seemed to confirm some rumors about Konami's working conditions and even add some new things that we had never heard before. Among them being uh, Konami's workstations, for example, uh, Production Unit 8, which used to be uh, Kojima Productions, uh, is not connected to like external internet. When they're in the office, it's only internal, so they mm-hmm. know it's you're, you're at work and you're at work and there's no other thing, which isn't the most bad thing. Getting a little worse, we have uh, security cameras in the hallway that aren't there for security. They're just there to monitor what employees are doing. Uh, and lots of yeah. lots of people are leaving. Lots of, yeah, uh, lots of the creator lots of Love people. Plus, which is a very big series for the uh, PS Vita, I believe, very big in Japan, uh, left the company already. Yeah, and then even past that, um, uh, the development of Suikoden has been halted, which is a RPG franchise which I really love. Uh, despite its massive failures in the past couple of years, um, email address uh, email with outsiders is done with a randomized email address that has changed regularly. Lunch uh, no, breaks... not quite, not quite. Um, okay, they people who have to deal with uh, people outside the company, mm-hmm. uh, for example, PR people, they have a more permanent company address, but the rest of them have their email addresses like randomly assigned and changed every few months for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's it's extremely strange. And then the last thing is the weirdest one. Where the lunch just... break thing. The lunch break thing is oh, I almost forgot about that. One. Yeah, that that's one's why. Super weird. Uh, if you want to cover that one, uh, lunch breaks are apparently you, you you go to lunch, but you are regulated with a time card and everything. And th- it kind of leads into the next thing that Jeff is probably going to bring up. But if you take too much time at lunch, you're outed. And yeah, they they announce your name throughout the company. It's like a public shaming. Yeah. Um, and the last, the last thing I was actually thinking about, which is worse than this, is like game developers can get demoted and just deemed useless. Put, yeah, like they get deemed useless and they get put on security guard jobs not or to, assembly not line say, work, or assembly line work. work. Yeah, and not to say anything you know bad, bad about those jobs, but you're talking about like people who are like really good game designers, and then you just can you imagine if someone at Nintendo was like, you know what, Miyamoto, you're doing nothing this week. Today you're a janitor. Go scrub the fitness clubs. <laughs> yeah, it's like zero. It's like zero respect for the history of developers. And again, this is all report. This is all reported, or uh, these are all allegations. We don't have confirmation, but uh, they haven't commented on it, and I don't see them commenting on this. I, I don't. There's no, If there's any truth to it, there's nothing they can comment that's going to make them look good. Yeah. Their their best way to handle this is to probably just ignore it, um, but it, it's it's really weird, you know. Because as you read it back, you know, I'm thinking, okay, what it, when I worked at McDonald's, what did my employer do? So like you're talking about like monitored lunch breaks. Well, I had monitored lunch breaks. Difference was I got warnings before I got fired. Right. It, it, uh, to an extent, like you know, like a, a lunch break with a the time limit. That's fine. That's something that everyone yeah. has. But the way that they handled it seemed they were very intense about it. And then on top of that the public shaming. The shaming that, thing that, is humiliating. And, and Especially and, in a country where that means so much more than Yeah. In I, I mean it kind of makes more sense in in, uh, in Japan just because it's more of a uh, community slash 
group oriented culture. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes a little more sense. That's more about like you let the team down. Everybody's going to know what yeah. you did. Um, kind of thing. Well, right. it, there's only really two things in the report that 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 bugged me. Because a lot of the other stuff, I'm like, okay, well, one, it's a different culture, and two, you know, having security cameras to monitor your own employees, that's that's not un, unheard of. Um, it's weird, but it's not unheard. Yeah, of. like there's companies that do that, especially companies that have to deal with cash and stuff. They they always have to monitor their employees. Um, you know, as an example, at McDonald's, there's a camera right on me at the register, not on not on the people outside. It's on me making sure I don't steal money. Um, but so, so that's really bugged me that there, there was, there was two things, you know, the shaming. I was like, maybe that's a Japan thing. I have no idea. That might be totally normal when an employee's like, Oh, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two things were one, um, it can't be normal to demote, um, a high level programmer to basically a no college, not just, job. not just programmer. Yeah. Creators, well, not just anyone, yeah, just anyone. IP, IP creators and producers. Yeah. Basically anyone. It's, it's really, it's it would be, you know, like you brought up, brought up Miyamoto, you know, it, just, why don't you just bring up, um, you know, the guy making a solid five or if he's imagine a, he's not working on a game that week. So he has to go and clean toilets. Imagine if Phil Spencer was treated that way as well. Like, yeah, imagine it, it's, any it's company really, did this. It, it's a total disrespect to the employee. Um, and that's really weird coming from Japan because they're supposed to value, um, that kind of stuff. So like Konami doing mm. that. Um, not and, only disrespect, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah really. And then the thing is, if they don't have anything to do, why don't you move them to another project? Right. I know Nintendo that Nintendo uh... is always shifting their employees around. Um, I got in this debate with someone the other day, or maybe it was today, um, about shifting pl- employees and like what happened with Skyward Sword, where it had employees come in later that were working on other games. It's like that's what isn't that what smart companies should do? The best use of your assets is to actually put them on other projects you're working on. While they have nothing to do, yeah, give give them busy, like, keep yeah. them busy, keep and, them... and it helps you get your games out faster. And unless, it, unless the the only logic I can find is if I don't know how they can get away with this, but if they're lowering your pay while you're doing the janitorial work, that's the only logic I can find because then they can argue they're saving money. But if they're right. paying you the same rate anyways, why don't they just move you to a different game? I, but I, even I worse, if they're paying you less, and that's like, and if you try to like leave you lose your job outright that's insulting on an extra level uh but i want to thank you guys for joining me this has been a fun episode um i enjoyed the discussion it was really eye-opening and i hope that you guys enjoyed it at home even though it was not really as all the discussion this week because it wasn't uh we had a lot of other things to focus on uh there's a bunch more from gamescom that we didn't cover that you can check out down below if you're interested really cool stuff uh, I couldn't possibly fit everything. The the article would be two days long, like just like link after link because there's so much going on at Gamescom. Um, some cool stuff about YouTube in there, whatever. You'll you'll see it. Uh, but this last this last opening theme song or closing theme song is uh the Hero of Timers remix by Jeesh. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Thank you again. Thank you guys for joining. Take care, guys. Bye. Also, happy birthday to Jake, Jeff, and Zach. Those three are all having their birthdays within uh, a day of each other. And uh, I just want to wish all three of them happy birthday. They're three of my best friends in the whole world, and I would be nothing without them. So I hope the three of you are having wonderful birthday weekends, and I will see the rest of you next week. Love you. Bye.